0: K-U-C-R 88.3 FM Radio Aztlán. La radio de toda la raza, Simón yes This is Alicia Rizón. I'm a professor at UCR. I teach Chicano Studies, you know. Los estudios de nuestra raza, de nuestras raíces y nuestra historia. Raza, you gotta stay at school. Education is a tool of our liberation. Quédense en la escuela, porque de esa manera solamente encontrarán el camino. Y espero que sigan disfrutando la programación.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Carlos Montes. Un saludo a toda la gente de allá del del Valle de Inland Empire. I want to say hello to everybody out there who's listening to Radio Free Astlan on KUCR 88.3 FM. Welcome everyone, you are listening to KUCR at 88.3 FM, also broadcasting online at KUCR.org. This is Daniel with the D-Report. Today we will continue a conversation we kind of had off and on throughout uh, the year. And we also have a returning guest, uh, Daisy Ocampo from the history, well, she is uh, studying in the history department, is joining us today again to kind of continue this talk. Uh, This being what they like to say, the Hispanic uh, Heritage Month. Uh, We thought it might be appropriate to kind of tweak out some terms and concepts and general feedback on on what um, that label applies or does not apply to. Uh, before we get started, uh, I'd like to uh, welcome Daisy. How are you doing?
0: I'm back.
1: <laughs> and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know okay. you, you My were- name
0: is Daisy. I am uh, currently a graduate student in the history department, okay, and um, yeah, you've invited me on several shows, so I'm happy to be here in
1: yeah. Well, let's kind of review a little bit uh, for our listeners the topic for today. Uh, this month is normally, you know, it comes about and people talk about the Hispanic Heritage Month. We see uh, the commercials. Uh, yesterday, I was listening to music and it was uh, the the Pink Movement, the breast cancer. Uh, yes. It's it called Susan? O- Susan G. Komen. Yep, she was speaking and she was talking about hispanic women and cancer and, oh yeah and i noticed something like everywhere i turn it's like oh like mcdonald's has a commercial and it's like oh hispanic heritage and everything is like hispanic have you noticed
0: oh yeah yeah they tailor yeah.
1: whatever there. And, and then i'm like who are these hispanics they must be amazing they get like commercials and stuff
0: yeah you get your own breast cancer commercial
1: (laughs) yeah so anyway having said that I think today I wanted to just talk a little bit about it because most of my research and even my own personal take on it not just uh, like my background is in education I I also studied Chicano studies as a as an undergrad and then moved on to anthropology focusing particularly on youth culture issues of ethnic identity and uh, education so this is pretty much all I talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I actually talk about this all the time just because it's my thing. You know, like people say these things and I get like all these alarms. Like, why are they speaking so freely about something that I don't understand? Are they
0: learn to not talk about them around you?
1: Well, I don't know if they learn. I hope. Hope I don't shut people out. I just find myself <laughs> really confused all the time. And what I wanted to talk about is just that. The uh, I came across an article from the okay. Pew Research Center, the Hispanic uh, Pew Research Center. Uh-huh. And the title of this article is when labels don't fit Hispanics and their views of identity. Uh-huh. So this uh, was a, a research project in which they uh, conducted surveys trying to get a sense of uh, demographics on, on this community, which they call the Hispanic community. Uh-huh. And they asked several things. Uh, they asked several things about about it, kind of figuring out uh, how do how does this community view themselves in terms of politics, in terms of community. And one of the first things that came out of this research is that um, the term Hispanic doesn't fit. And it says that the they 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 went around asking people how they felt about the term, and uh, they realized that a lot of people didn't identify with that term. And sometimes the term Hispanic is interchanged with the term Latino. And for us, that's always been a really interesting thing because it feels so normal. But the term Hispanic as a government uh, issued uh, term is fairly recent. It's only been around 40 years. In 1976, it was passed by by Congress as Public Law 94-311 called the Joint Resolution Relating to the Population. A Publication of Economic and Social Statistics for Americans of Spanish Origin or Descent. Surprisingly, that's a long title. Uh, all it was is that they made a, a resolution that in in doing statistical surveys on community demographics, they were going to include one new term, mm-hmm. which would be Hispanics. Uh, up to that point, they had issues such as white, black, Native American. And Hispanics were always... Other? there? other or, or just white or no, white yeah. actually there was a lot uh, i think about for example my, my sister's birth certificate it, it's white uh-huh. i think about uh ragosa's question i don't know if i came across it uh, when they were doing the u.s census and there was this question i like wait what what are you gonna put down what do we put down and when, and when it was about the we it was like we as a community you right. know and then he responded with a very frank question like well i don't know it, aren't we white you know isn't that what we're supposed to put you know under race but he it was sincere. I mean, he wasn't mm-hmm. trying to... He was just like, hey, I grew up that way in that box. You put white. And I bet you if you go to his birth certificate, I'm positive you're going to see white there. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the way that we've come to see this racialized uh, myth of assuming people come into these categories. And Hispanic, Latino was this ambiguous, like, what do you do with that? Having said that, we're in this month that is supposed to celebrate a community uh, which by by this research in itself doesn't really uh, Appreciate or identify with the actual terminology itself. So uh, I'm just kind of uh, trying to lay out the foundation for today's kind of talk When you hear you know some of these different issues regarding like just the title alone when labels don't fit what what are some of the things that come to mind?
0: well, I think there's um there's a lot that comes to mind. I think uh, I have plenty of people. Uh, yeah, it's just really interesting because I think the the word uh, term Hispanic or Latino is pretty jam packed in that. Like it just uh, pretends to be an all encompassing uh, term, and you know that uh, I think that's doing a disservice obviously and two it's just really invalidating a lot of experiences a lot of uh filters a lot of uh, regional um uh you know uh, things that people uh bring with them and that suddenly not that it gets shut down but it gets uh it just gets clumped in together so for example um the term latino i know uh there's a big thing where i think a a lot of people are pushing a little bit more for nationality right so people are pushing for um you know don't call me latino at least you know i'm salvadorian or i'm mexican you know let's go that far um it'd be cool obviously once we get down to you know knowing a person's culture you start getting down to maybe where your family's from what pueblo what community uh what traditions do you have um if that's there um, so it really just displaces, especially I think the recent immigrant uh community that are coming, you know, they come with years having lived in a certain place or places, and they come here and that that kind of gets erased. you know, you're just you're just actually
1: this. surprisingly i i I'd like to kind of address something that you mentioned about this the way that people identify themselves first i was thinking about within the u.s there is a for for the community that didn't feel comfortable um adopting the terminology of hispanic as well as latino one of the most common responses as to why is that they felt much more comfortable approaching uh nationality as this descent category so i might have been born in the u.s But my mom was born in Colombia, so I'm Colombian. Like, they felt much more comfortable associating themselves from this national, the countries, Mm -hmm. than this, like, very generic uh, umbrella that uh, does erase diversity. But Mm -hmm. then I was actually um, thinking about something more importantly about the diversity of experiences that get erased as well. So the, the recent immigrant... Enters. We were kind of talking earlier, and you mentioned something that you know the recent immigrant might enter from a region, right? They mm-hmm. might say Zacatecas, they might say Chiapas, and that's and that's how they've learned to see themselves the way that most of us think about, like Southern California, Northern California. Mm-hmm. But when they leave and cross the border, in crossing the border, uh, there's like almost a magical effect. Yeah, and then they have to learn to no longer consider themselves from Chiapas they have to use another term
0: yeah cuz now you have boxes so uh so that the US doesn't care what region or anything like that right they just want to know whether you fall under that you know which is do you come from a spanish spanish speaking country You do okay great you're you know that was your label but i think one of the things that's coming to mind right now is this category gives um, gives creates, I would say, now gives creates this type of uh, second class citizens within this category. So when you talk about the indigenous Mexican person that comes in, um, they're already second class citizens in Mexico. Now they come here and they, you know, you there's this big old. Um, there's this big old lingo of like okay well now i'm mexican but i carry a whole other culture on top of the mainstream which they may not be participants of a uh, mainstream mexican culture because i know that's what happened with my dad he's native from zacatecas he came here and became mexican that is how my dad will answer you now you he goes back to zacatecas he's not you're necessarily so it's weird because he learned to be mexican here
1: i i i I don't know i'm I'm really um kind of uh taken aback by just how clear the the reasoning behind the way people feel that this term doesn't really fit comfortably Mm -hmm. because i was thinking about the the research is is presented in a way that actually is common sense right so that it tells people that this project that like uh, the the models of assimilation are clear, but you have to ignore them. Meaning, when I talk to people, and this has been going for a while, they will say there is no one single Hispanic community, or you can't assume that every quote unquote person who accepts Hispanic as a terminology is the same. But it almost doesn't matter because I think about the fact that, like, everyone pretends that that shouldn't be an issue. What I'm trying to say is, like, almost like everyone everyone knows that it's inaccurate but just pretends that it is accurate. Well, so I, when you address your dad, uh-huh. that example, I think, is shared by many and many, if not the majority of people.
0: Yeah, you know, you don't even... Yeah, you... I mean, it's it, it's layered, right? So when you talk about like, OK, uh, you immigrated from Mexico. Did you immigrate from a city? Did you immigrate from a rancho? Did you immigrate from a pueblo? Um, so if you're already talking about some kind of marginalized group in Mexico, they're having that experience here. Um, and if they don't have enough support, I mean, I think the higher rate of them wanting to become you know just identify mexican but i was gonna say i think it it depends also um what side uh of you know the tennis court you're on so for example if you immigrated here you know per se no tienes papeles or whatnot and um oh you're gonna identify mexican because identifying mexican is a means of survival here Um, But I think second generations and on who, uh, you know, we have a little bit more of privilege of understanding the the issue at hand um, can ask for more, you know, but I know, for example, my dad's not going to ask for some social justice around, you know, Um, because he's trying to just get through, you know, he's trying to, you know, I would say he's comfortable now, but, you know, I'm sure that's the process that he had to go through, which is to not ask for more. I'm comfortable where I'm. At. I'm comfortable with whatever you give me, right? Now you have more second generation activism, more social justice uh, work being done. But luckily, because there's there's uh, that distance.
1: Yeah, I I recall just this sense of how the different experiences are going to be manifested, not just by region of entry, as you mentioned, whether you're coming from the rural, you know, outskirts or the cities. Uh, a professional background too a lot of them for example um when people immigrate to the United States they bring in their own like life histories yes and in the United States there is this aggregating effect that you must be categorized in order for us to make sense of you and you uh, and I think that's what I heard how I made sense of what you talked about the survival category mm-hmm. like in order for you to survive um run with a group and sometimes you have a real conscious decision and other times before you knew it you were clumped by by force right and uh one of the things that we kind of have been looking at is that there the term hispanic for some reason feels appropriate because there's a belief system that this community is sharing some common culture
0: which i think people translate to language i'm assuming
1: and that's a possible one in fact i'd like to kind of think about um how how we can kind of address that when people think about uh the issue of language i think spanish is the predominant language that will mark that sense of um membership mm-hmm. but i still find it difficult because of the way that uh generational it goes away mm-hmm so it's like a little contradiction, yeah, right? So I'm gonna say that because you speak Spanish, it goes away here in you're, the U.S. You're, you're, yeah. Yes, you, you're Hispanic or Latino, and then you have a daughter, and she will not speak it. Uh, but yet, now we make an exception. Okay, now the exception is she's not she's Spanish not, speaking. She, she's not Spanish speaking, but she's but. still Hispanic. So the point what I'm kind of getting is it's so funny how we are always becoming aware of how flawed the categories are. Yes, but stubborn to not abandon them yeah i
0: think it's a vulnerable moment uh, i think especially i would say vulnerable moment for the second generation people born here you know it's vulnerable to not be not carry the life history that maybe your mom and your dad were able to carry you know that might be what they're holding on to as well which is i mean obviously uh, having an identity is a really big healthy part of a person's well-being you know um not to defend at all but definitely um you know taking that angle of understanding but yeah it definitely is flawed and i think it's holding itself on through people's fear of not you know not knowing how else to identify
1: yeah good call I wonder. that is the in, in, in most of my work i keep repeating this like the term identity i always require like an adjective beforehand you know we all all of us carry identity Mm -hmm. because just a definitional label but which one are we talking about Mm -hmm. am i talking about a a gender identity um, a class identity an ethnic identity Mm -hmm. and in terms of the ethnic identity it is awkward how comfortable people are asking that question what are you oh yeah and i'll say like oh, I'm from LA. no no but what are you where no but, but what are you it's like oh i'm um, a ucr person that works at the radio station no 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 you know it's like oh come what, on man what,
0: for what, real what, what, what do you way? Want? They're like oh
1: what's your nationality <laughs> like uh, american no no oh what? that one really what, upsets what, what are you talking people. about and then i was like okay what what do you want i'm you gonna say i'm hispanic you know yeah yeah run with that because i think i can make sense of that you know this idea of this constant fight for requiring people to define themselves just to be just so that the other person can be made comfortable in how they will place you in their form of logic
0: that's how they've been socialized to organize their thoughts you know so that like you have to fall in somewhere and if you don't then you're confusing the heck out of people, you know, so they're um yeah, they, a lot of people aren't very comfortable with in between identities that whole concept of like ni da ya um that one doesn't fit well um it does, but now you then you get nasty things like oh, you're whitewashed or you're um. I mean, tons, right?
1: Yeah, I'm going to put a pin on that one, uh, the whitewash, because I was thinking about something that uh, a friend of mine once said, and we're talking, and he said he was white, and his name is Héctor, and and nobody would classify him as white in our circle, Mm because he lived in our experiences. You know, he spoke in the same type of life histories we've had. So... If anything, we had other terms for him. You're like, you know, he, he could be Chicano, he could be Mexican, he could be Mexican-American. American, uh-huh. uh, he could be Latino, he could be Hispanic. But when he was like, nah, man, I'm white. And and he was laughing because he had just seen his birth certificate and mm-hmm. and it said white. You know. He's like, bam. And he was like, bam. Man. Told you. But what he was excited about was just pushing what you said. Mm-hmm. Like, can I push the box? Can I choose my own box? Because I'm really running with this whole white thing. If you
0: really, if people, you know, I have a friend, um, brown, short little girl, grew up with white values, um, family from El Salvador. Loud and proud. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm white. Yeah, I mean, like, I know I'm brown, but like I'm whitewashed. And then you'll get the opposite one. So when people are sincere, she's being dead honest. I grew up being as close to whiteness as i could because that was what my parents came here for and she was a full representation of their american dream right but it pissed people off because it was just like but look at you you're brown you're short like really you think you're white you know so it's you're never gonna please anyone and i really admire her sense of sincerity as as disturbing as it is to i think 95 percent of the people in the other five being her parents and her brother you know um i really admire that because she's being honest and she you know her heart is really in the right place but if we start talking about how she's dressing how she's talking she is being very sincere with how uh she grew up to to believe herself to be
1: if you're just joining in um this is uh, Daniel with the D-Report. We are speaking with Daisy Ocampo. Uh, regarding the concept of Hispanic and Latino as a term, this conversation is rooted in a report by the Hispanic Pew Center or the Pew Hispanic Center, depending on how you want to put it together, uh, titled When Labels Don't Fit, Hispanics and Their Views on of Identity. And we were kind of just breaking down a couple of things one of the things that i found immediately is that this report offers nothing new i'm excited that it came out but we we all we have always known that hispanic never fit mm-hmm. and i came across it so many times ridiculous i was one time talking to this one lady uh, uh during the political campaign and it was for the obama administration and the democrats and she was some high person in like organizing and And the first thing she was talking about was like the Latino uh, voter community, the voting block. Mm -hmm. And then she says, well, let me just be frank. There is no one Latino voting block, like one unified one. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then she's like, but let's keep talking. I'm like, oh, that's cheating. You just declared that (laughs) there isn't like Mm -hmm. we can't do that. Mm -hmm. As it turns out, um, you can do that for everyone else. Like there is no white voting block either Mm -hmm. you know people in the south are voting differently than people in like well uh, the
0: cubans in florida are voting very different than the mexicans exactly but
1: but i found it funny because she was someone that was very blunt but she just said let's move on you know let me me scratch that let's go let me tell you what i learned (laughs) even though i just told you that it doesn't really apply when you're really honest Anyway, so for today, that's what we're talking about, uh, trying to think about a couple things. And one of the things that comes to mind um, is the p- concept of assimilation. And assimilation as this cultural transformation to the point of erasing an original cultural context. And Hispanic and, and Latino is one of those major versions. We always uh, talk about this idea of, like, American assimilation. Mm-hmm. But we forget that within that, there's other boxes. So I'm no long, you know, I'm not longer talking about like just being called white. What about the person that, that you mentioned, immigrates, is able to recall a specific moment when they were not Mexican, mm-hmm. but now are just Hispanic and no longer their original ethnic community? Mm-hmm. Their children will be severed so that that one uh, Yaqui community that immigrates, and then they're just, like, Hispanic two generations later. That is what happened to all the communities that immigrated from Poland and just became white. Yeah. The Irish from a specific, you know, community became uh, white. The Italian from the South, that was not just even, they didn't even think of themselves as Italian because that was too national. It was like they're, like, Sicilian, Southern. yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, bam, they're, now they're just white. Right. So are are we getting that same approach that we're getting this idea of, like, Hispanic is the same thing that happened to people who are not think of them as white? They erase themselves to whiteness. Are we erasing ourselves to eventually just become Hispanic?
0: Yeah. No, well, I really liked how you said the different um, levels of assimilation. So rarely does it go, like, from my friend, from, like... You know, from El Salvador to, no, I think I'm white. Like, yes, I, I am white. It usually takes a whole process, right? So usually um, I think each generation something gets lost, right? For one, just the immediate experience of um, of being here in the U.S. and not wherever, you know, for example, your, your family is from um, is a loss in itself, right? And in, in what you want to consider if you you know if you want to identify with like a place in Oaxaca if you're not born there and if you're not living there visiting there whatever it's already a kind of you're already vulnerable to to getting judged you're not enough of right which is how this works you're not enough of right and if uh, I think these categories like Hispanic you know just kind of preys on that you, you know um but, yes, I do think so.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just going yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking about that. The final answer
0: is I, I think it does because I think it would take some really cool uh, approach to counter that. Like, some, I mean, you have to have really uh, a big commitment, you know, and you have to be pretty gentle yet at the same time have a lot of tactic because to counter assimilation is difficult given that you're about to submerge yourself in all the institutions
1: yeah in terms of assimilation I like that um that phrase for those uh geeks out there that like think about Star Trek that Borg that uh, says uh, resistance is futile you will be assimilated <laughs> You know, it's just <laughs> the sense that like uh these entities are are kind of encountering people and they assimilate them into this collective yeah but for but their mantra is resistance is futile like why are you fighting me, dude? I'm gonna assimilate you, and when, mm-hmm. and and once you're assimilated, you become integrated into their collective to the point that you erase your original sense of self as an individual. And I think about assimilation in terms of this process of erasing. And most of us have been really concerned with like whiteness as the utmost point of assimilation. So I might say like, oh, I'm not really assimilated because I'm I'm not white, mm-hmm. and. My friend Hector was the one that really challenged that because he was having a grand time, uh, not just being funny, but oh. I think he was really being sincere in, in this sense of loss. Because let me tell you why he, he was saying that. He was saying that because at that point, he was trying to say, what about me isn't white? So that like, if I have to prove that I am not white, he was like, the way I think i don't feel i can connect with my parents mm-hmm. uh the way i speak is like i don't understand any of their languages mm-hmm. um my sense of cultural well-being is all u.s based pop american values mm-hmm. when i think about my parents and their values their tradition my grandfather
0: different
1: they're Can't like alien mean, to me they're yeah. like And he was, I think he was struggling with his sense of loss. I don't think he was excited that I did this on purpose. It was more of a realization, wow, this happened. And when he was done, he was like, there's nothing other than, which was eventually they called him on, and it's like my skin tone. Mm
0: -hmm. And if
1: that's all there is, that is the most superficial of things.
0: Hey, but you know what? I was uh, having a conversation because... um I was uh I was talking to a friend and um she's dark brown and she acknowledged the same thing like I am white in many 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 ways but her her skin color and the discrimination that that brought with it made her realize she could never ever fully be white so it was interesting cuz she identified her her own stigma being uh, brown as what she held on to, which is I would have never gone through this if I was actually white or if I was accepted as being white.
1: Yeah, if, if her skin pigment was was a little bit lighter like I, I was right. thinking, for example, like uh, we come across people with different skin tones within. This community that they call Hispanic and Latinos. Yeah,
0: it's another one. I
1: mean, there isn't one body. And I say, like, you know, my friend Ector, yeah, he has skin tone that we call brown, canela, you know, spicy. Oh. <laughs> and I was just thinking in terms of, of the racial categories that we have in the United States. And in the, in terms of race as this myth, as this fictive sense of uh, assuming that the human collective can be broken into these distinct biological groups. Mm-hmm. All, all of our science is telling us that's a social construct. It's a made-up thing that we learned to do it uh, through very awful mechanisms, right? We learned to do it through the issues of slavery, of oppression, mm-hmm. uh, nation-building. Having said that, one of the first things that we come across is the Latinos really challenge race because it doesn't fit. Um, one of the reviews here says that uh, when, when people are asked among the Latino community, Hispanic community in the U.S. census, they they choose some other race as opposed to white or black, you know, or native, because they go, well, where, where do I fit? I'm, I don't know where I fit. Um, but when we speak about the Latino community as this like pan-ethnic uh, generalized sense we are dealing with multiple issues and one of the first ones is that we are talking about culture but we are talking about the body and I think that's what throws a whole new line of confusion to it because people want to be stuck that well look at me the skin tone marks me as non-white mm-hmm. so therefore what am I mm-hmm. you know and I, you have to choose one of the other boxes I guess what I'm trying to say mm-hmm. but it's only because you have limiting options
0: hmm Yeah, I think um, I was just talking to you about it. I have a friend that's uh, Belizean and I look at her family experience, just, you know, just even just chill in her living room, uh, have dinner with them. And I see my family and and it's interesting. It's a whole different. um, It's beautiful. Diversity is a really nice, beautiful thing if it can be left as that, you know, and let it change assimilate alter it as it needs to but um there's something powerful about that you know knowing that you have your own dynamics that you don't have to be anything else than whatever is there you know um yeah so i was saying she's uh she's light uh afro Belizean uh her dad is just afro black if you may and that was the big thing it's like kiana are you gonna become black you know because uh i forgot what language they speak in in belize but that's what they speak and it's not
1: oh is it a native language or because they have a couple of things i mean they, they speak spanish they speak, it... they speak english they have a collection of uh, afro-indigenous languages well, yeah, in yeah, belize it's... as well
0: yeah it's one of those um it wasn't spanish and it wasn't english right but um yeah, it was interesting because, uh, so, I mean, with the parents, again, it it was almost uh, one of those things where it's like, well, I understand where you guys come from. And then comes this interesting thing of like, well, what's going to happen with my friend and her generation of siblings? Well, and that was um, that was a big talk during high school. It's just like, oh, are you going to become black? You know, because it was happening with one of her older siblings and not so much her. And it was interesting how they're able to pick and choose. Right. Depending on what circles they were around, um, yeah.
1: I I I think that's one of the things that has always really confused me the most about this terminology that feels so awkward to me and to actually almost everyone I talk to, but yet in in its execution is so commonly accepted. To me, that's a that's a really confusing contradiction. So that I, when I repeat. When you ask people, the majority, and I want to say like like overwhelming majority, like almost everyone mm-hmm. says, no, it doesn't fit well. It's kind of clunky, inaccurate. So that's what they say. But, but I guess the majority overwhelmingly just run with it.
0: What's well, interesting, I think uh, some people have grown have grown different things, uh different lines to kinda help facilitate that. You know, so they acknowledge they don't, but at the same time they're not necessarily gonna fight it. So you'll hear lines of like, oh, pues es que ellos son de de esta area, y yo he ido que por allá, you know, it's like this and like that. Where we don't really do that. So they're able to mark that they're not. Um but at the same time they're okay being in this category. But you know, it's it's an interesting um you know, tug and pull. I, I, I see that a lot with like, oh, well, you know, for example, es que en Belize ya son morenos y yo oído que como que trajeron. Yo no sé, you know, but they know a history. They know it's different. But they'll be the first one to mark that box.
1: Well, that's what comes to mind because the, again, referring back to the research findings, there's a a number, which I think is quite low comparatively to what I would um. Uh, believe or expect and it says 69 percent of those that were surveyed that um fall under this quote unquote hispanic demographic stated that they did not believe that there was a shared common culture among this hispanic category
0: yeah i don't think so
1: and to me, that's still lower than what I—I I mean, when I come across it, I'm hitting like 99%, like, and maybe because I'm have a skewed sample. I don't know. Maybe everyone in my <laughs> circle has, <laughs> <laughs> has been having the same issues. But I think about our parents, uh, how they had to learn to think about themselves as Hispanic and Latino, and that was a—a a moment. If you check them, they're all going like, "Yeah, kind of. I never really thought about that term oh, when yeah. I was 18." you know I was just able to. but when i came to the us that's what they told me i was yeah you know
0: and there was other people around me who were also
1: confused in the same yeah and having said that that's the problem like why are we accepting a way of being clumped together when we are fully aware that we have very little in common I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking, like, because you know was... I understand the the model, of, for example, of its inception. Like, I want to return to something that used to happen a lot when we were little kids. Not that little, but like when I was like, you know, 20. And, and all about like trying to think about terminology and my sense of self and ethnic identity. Mm-hmm. And Hispanic was always like, oh, I'm breaking that one down. It's like his panic. You know, like it's just the way the U.S. government has like aggregated us. And it was this really, that was before I actually knew that the U.S. government in 1976 established this policy to, for statistic purposes, aggregate Hispanic. Right. I would have had even more ammunition if I was 20 going crazy. (laughs) I'm like, see, I got this documentation. It's all a conspiracy. I got it. I would have been going crazy, I think. Um, But I think that I was on to something and my friends were on to something that this terminology was sketch.
0: You know, I was just thinking how, how much of, uh, of how, like, the default, you know, like we just became Hispanic happens out of just that initial group of people who are just as confused. I'll tell you why. Um, where I worked, I had a client. You know, we have them fill out paperwork, and, of course, there's these boxes. And she's a Zapotec woman from uh, Oaxaca, Sierra Norte, and so she she's looking at this box like, I don't even know what they're, I don't even, guess etnicidad? She barely knew how to read. She asked homegirl next to her, it was like, oh, you stick a step because she knows some Spanish. She was like, uh-huh, ¿y aquí qué, qué, qué va a poner aquí? And she goes, oh, yo aquí le pongo latino, aquí, aquí en esta cajita aquí, aquí póngale una X. Ah, okay, muchas gracias. I was like, whoa!
1: <laughs> But that's what happens. It's like that. It's those.
0: W- little, well, it's, I mean, they thought it was little moments, but to me, it was speaking volumes, right? It, because, because it, it was it in the happening.
1: Well, what you were visualizing is what all of us have had our whole lives. These micro moments of instruction that culminate to collect right. to to, to um, express a collective, larger sense right. of definition. Right. Yep. And they happen just like that because yeah. you were not given an option. And again, uh, for those that are tuning in uh, today, we were just talking about uh, the term Hispanic uh, Latino in kind of recognition of that Hispanic Heritage Month. I'm pretty sure you guys are seeing all the banners and all the commercials and all the different ways that uh, people get, uh, quote unquote, celebrated Um this This talk is really I mean it's a, it's like a long talk, and to some degree, sometimes it's a talk that some people will say like you're just overthinking it. I've had people just say that to me like you're doing much to do about nothing, man. There's nothing here to be addressed, you mm-hmm. know, and as we kind of wrap it up, I'm just thinking about uh in what ways for you is this one uh significant enough to talk about, and in another not as significant.
0: I'm not. I'm not interested. Meaning, it's not significant for me to start a debate. Actually, I, I go in circles. I and, and I think I kind of get annoying. Borderline. Ugh, you know, she's oh gosh, she's always talking, bringing up all these big things. You know, because it makes them feel vulnerable. So I. That's the approach I haven't. Who's them though. For anyone that considers themselves in that box, okay. Um, So if I start deconstructing, you know, how we're doing right now, that's painful. It's uncomfortable and it's very it's not productive. So I usually like to do the opposite, which is to to honestly ask, like, oh, where are you from? You know, because I think what's missing is opportunities for them to speak about their life histories. There are no opportunities. No one cares about that here especially in these boxes. So I think if we had more children asking their parents and grandparents, you know, more about where they came from or whatnot, you know, just even out of curiosity or either just a kitchen table conversation, that means a lot because they're able to refer back to as something significant and something that people still want to know about. If they don't, they will become even more comfortable with these categories, which is it doesn't matter anymore so i've learned to um give more opportunities and i always ask and i I could tell it always makes them feel good and that that to me is sufficiently important
1: and with that that runs our time um daisy i want to thank you for coming and joining us again this was a really good talk
0: (laughs) all right you're welcome
1: and again uh this is daniel with the D report i want to welcome all the listeners to feel free to um Send us an email. The address here is comments at kucr.org. You can go ahead and put on the subject heading uh, "D report." Any anything um, you want to offer us as feedback. Again, this show is designed to just spark up conversations around you know the kitchen table, ideally with kids around, and maybe uh, just see what happens. You know, um, and with that, all right, this is D signing out. Stay tuned to KUCR on eighty-eight point three FM.